Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I want to tell you about Harold Bluetooth, and this is a name that you might be familiar with, although there's a chance you associate it more with the frustrating process of trying to get your speakers or headphones to work rather than associating with, you know, a Viking king. But a few listeners have requested the story of the Viking king, Harold Bluetooth, Andrew Strada, Drew Talbot. So here it is. And at the end, we'll figure out why his name is synonymous with the wireless pairing of electronic devices. Harold Bluetooth was born around the year 910, the son of Gorm the Old, the king of Western Denmark, who had been in the process of trying to conquer what was at the time an ununified Denmark. Gorm was a rusted-on follower of the Norse gods, Odin, Frigg, Thor, Balder, all the rest of them. But Harold's mum, Tyra, was much more interested in Christianity than her husband. And this meant that young Harold grew up being exposed to Christianity, even as Gorm the Old was off burning Christian churches to the south. Anyway, Gorm died, as old people tend to do, uh, at some point around 960. Could have been as early as 958 or as late as 964. We're not sure. Um, Actually, he really wasn't that old, honestly. He was maybe in his late 60s. Poor bloke. Imagine imagine getting the epithet the old when you, you die before you turn 70. Anyway, when he dies... Harold becomes king. He's pushing 50. He's old enough himself, he'd reckon. And he continued his dad's work of attempting to conquer and unify Denmark. And one of the first steps that he took in doing this was securing his own position as the new king. He constructed a network of defensive ring forts throughout his realm and then in the lands that he conquered after that. And these forts are known as the Trelleborg ring forts and they are Today, perhaps the most important archaeological resources for Viking researchers. You know, yes, as I say, Harold, he's going around, he's doing a fair bit of conquering, as the rune stones that he himself raised tell us, as this is another set of important archaeological resources. These rune stones are known as the yelling stones. Uh, that's yelling with a J. They weren't all standing around hooting and hollering all the time around the stones. Um, But these stones, right, they tell us the story of Harold's reign, including the conquest of Denmark and its conversion to Christianity and the conquest of Norway. Well, the partial conquest, at least, but we will come to that. Let's first talk about the conversion of Denmark to Christianity, which principally took place, it's fair to say, under Harold's rule. It's still debated as to whether Harold himself was a Christian, but in any case, he certainly didn't seem to mind Christian missionaries coming and spreading their religion throughout his land. And 
bloody annoying for his subjects. You would have thought these bloody missionaries always come and knocking on your door at Sparrow's Fart. First bloody thing in the morning. Come on, mate. Jesus isn't going to. He's not, he's not going to mind if you have a bit of a sleep in. Come on. Anyway, these missionaries, they go around through a newly conquered Denmark and uh, their religion came with them. It spread like wildfire, either encouraged passively or perhaps even actively by Harold the King. And at this stage, with Denmark firmly under his control, with his forts good to go, with his people busy hearing the good word of Jeezy Crazy, Harold's attention turns to foreign affairs. He helped out his mate Richard the Fearless in Normandy. Now, there, there's an epithet. How about that? The Fearless. Love that. And he supported his son, Svein Forkbeard, as he did a little bit of conquering himself off in Samland in the modern-day uh, Kaliningrad Peninsula. But the bulk of Harold's attention was taken up by affairs in Norway, and that's, that, that's what we're going to get into here and now. Back in 954, right, before even Harold became king, back when Gorm the Old was still uh, kicking about, back in 954, the Viking king Eric Bloodaxe of Northumbria over in the British Isles he was killed, and this ended Viking dominion over Northumbria, for now at least. But it also meant, right, as this realm returned to Anglo-Saxon control, it also meant that King Eric's sons fled. They fled Northumbria. They left to their ancestral lands back in Norway. And Gorm, right, who I mentioned is, is the king of Denmark at this point, he had been of a mind back in 954 to give them a hand with a bit of conquest up in Norway as well. Now, why was he of a mind to help these sons of Eric Bloodaxe? Because they were his grandchildren. His daughter, Gunhild, so Harold's sister, had been married to Eric Bloodaxe. And so she came to him once Eric was killed and said, listen here, Dad, how about you help my boys out with a bit of the old blood and guts and horrible murder up in Norway? Now, Norway at this stage was ruled by King Harkon the Good, who Gorm was not a fan of. Doesn't matter how bloody good he is. And so he goes, mate, absolutely no worries at all. I'll sort that bastard Harkon out. Carve up, carve up a bit of Norway for your boys. Don't even worry about it. Now, Harkon was also Eric Bloodaxe's half-brother. So these boys were fighting their, their, their half-uncle with the aid of their other grandpa. Sure, whatever. Okay, we'll go with it. But then... When Gorm died, Harold Bluetooth continued to aid his nephews in their struggle for Norway. So now these boys are fighting their half-uncle with their full uncle, their mum's brother. Ridiculous. I, I, I don't know how actual historians keep this all straight. I've got no clue. Anyway, Harkin the Good had, uh, had been giving these boys the business for quite a while there. They really hadn't made all that much progress in, uh, in attacking Norway. And then after they renewed their attempt to conquer Norway, now with Harold's backing... Harkon responded by attacking Denmark as well, just for good measure. He really came after Harold. But all the same, Harold Bluetooth, he stuck by his kin, and with his help, they were actually able to sneakily land in Norway undetected by Harkon and then launched a surprise attack that killed him. So this is a great result for Harold's nephews and a great result for Harold too, you would think, right? Because his nephew, who is also called Harold, of course, Harold Greycloak, he proclaimed himself king of Norway. Now, Harold Bluetooth had helped Harold Greycloak come into his throne. So you'd think, oh, fantastic. The younger Harold is going to feel that he owes the older Harold a debt of gratitude, right? And the two kingdoms are going to get on very well. Apparently not, because not only did Harold Greycloak prove to be a pretty bad king, forcing Christianity on an unwilling populace, he also turned his back on Harold Bluetooth and instead cozied up with his former adversaries in Norway against the Danish king. Now, Harold Bluetooth didn't think much of this, as you can imagine, and in around 970, he enlisted the help of one of his Norwegian allies called, oh my goodness, Harkon, 
Seriously, why weren't there more bloody names to go around back then? Anyway, this Harkon, Harkon the Powerful, or as opposed to Harkon the Good, Harkon the Bad, I guess depending on who you ask, he was either powerful or bad. Maybe he was both. Uh, anyway, this Harkon agrees to just straight up murder Harold Greycloak. Doesn't sound like he needed much convincing, to be honest. Harold Greycloak had killed this Harkon's dad and had also killed that other Harkon. So, you know, maybe he was just doing it to avenge Harkons everywhere. But uh, anyway, Harkon the Powerful, he invites Harold Greycloak over for a chat and uh, just bloody kills him instead. And so now the Norwegian throne is empty once again. Step one of the plan is complete, and the next step is for Harold Bluetooth to claim dominion over Norway, saying that he was Harold Greycloak's successor. Even though he's his uncle, he's saying, oh, no, no, I'm the one who's going to inherit the throne. So now he proclaims himself as the king of Norway. He installs Harkon the Powerful as his regent. Harkon effectively becomes the de facto ruler of Norway from that point. Even if Harold was the king in name, Harkon's the one running the show. So the people of Norway have gone from Harkon the Good to uh, Harold Greycloak the Dead, and now they've got Harkon the Bad. So I'm not sure how they feel about that, but it's time for us to move on from Norway. With Norway now under the nominal control of Harold, he's got a brand new enemy to fight. And hoo boy, this one, he's really testing himself because he goes up against the Holy Roman Emperor Otto the Great. Not the sort of enemy you'd want, generally speaking, given the might of the Holy Roman Empire. What's interesting about this conflict is we actually don't know what the war was all about. Um, and what is even more interesting is both sides claim quite strongly that they won. The Germans talk about how they crushed the Danes, gave Harold a proper flogging and imposed all sorts of penalties on him once he was defeated. But the Danes hold that Harold defended Denmark effortlessly and that the Germans never gained even an inch of ground against them at all. I don't know what the truth of it is, but I do know that after Otto's death in 973, Harold Bluetooth sent in his son, Svein Forkbeard, to fight Otto's successor, named, can you guess? Yes, Otto, again, uh, to fight for the borderlands to the south of Denmark. And Svein did a good job, too. He conquered land off the Holy Roman Empire and added it to his father's realm. Otto II counterattacked, and the two kings went out at hammer and tongs for... A very long time. I mean, look, this is, you know, for much of the last millennia, Danes and Germans have greatly enjoyed fighting over this borderland area called Schleswig-Holstein, and it's changed hands more time than I can count, to be honest. But the uh, the result of all this fighting back in the time of Harold Bluetooth? Inconclusive. Neither Harold nor Otto was able to secure total victory over the other. But as we move now into the 980s with Harold, an old man, another new threat emerged. It's not Norway. It's not the uh, not the Holy Roman Empire. No. His son Svein seemed to have been getting sick of sitting around and waiting for his old man to keel over and die because sometime in the early to mid-980s, he raised his flag in rebellion against his own father. Unlike his dad, Svein didn't have much time for Christianity and joined forces with those members of the Danish nobility who still worshipped the old gods. Harold, who is well into his 70s by now, wasn't able to resist his son's rebellion and before long, Svein had defeated his old man, claimed the crowns that he held for himself and sent Harold into exile. And it was in exile that Harold died. Just a few short years later, in either 986 or 987, robbed of his kingdoms by his own son. 
And that, exalted listener, is the tale of Harold Bluetooth. But you probably have some questions left over now that the tale is told. Two questions specifically, I would imagine. Number one, why was he called Harold Bluetooth? Well, look, I think we have properly affirmed in this episode that people weren't very inventive with names back then. And Harold Bluetooth was called Harold Bluetooth because he had, can you guess, a Bluetooth. It's thought that one of his front teeth was bad, you know, all rotten and dark, a, a blackish blue colour. Obviously, we don't have any photos of the bloke, so so who knows? But, uh, you know, look, I wouldn't be complaining about Bluetooth as an epithet, not when I could have ended up as the old or the bad, like some other blokes we've talked about today. But question number two, why the bloody hell is a type of modern-day short-range wireless technology named after a 10th-century Viking king? Well, apparently... Back in the late 1990s, one of the developers of Bluetooth, an American fellow named Jim Kardak, he was chatting with his mate Sven Madison, who was telling him all about Scandinavian history, including the tale of Harold Bluetooth. Now, Kardak obviously liked the name Bluetooth because he proposed it as a code name for this wireless technology project that he was working on. And then, according to the Bluetooth company themselves, they didn't manage to trademark the name that they had wanted to use in time before launching their new technology, and so they just kept the code name and launched it as Bluetooth. Imagine that. The only reason that it's called Bluetooth is because the developers didn't have their paperwork done in time. It was supposed to be called Radio Wire, which, well, makes a lot more bloody sense than Bluetooth. And since then, I have to say, some retconning seems to have been done from within the Bluetooth company themselves. They claim that the name now symbolises the unification of electronic devices, just as Bluetooth himself first unified Denmark. Bit of a stretch, that one, I would have thought. But all the same, the name of Harold Bluetooth lives on. And every time you swear at your headphones for not connecting to your phone properly, you are, in a way, invoking the fury of the ancient Vikings. That same fury that Harold Bluetooth himself used to connect Denmark with with other bits of Denmark. I don't know. Look here, the metaphor. The metaphor really doesn't work, does it? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.